So I get the privilege of um, introducing my dad, Jeff Burns, this morning. Um, so as long as I can remember, my parents have always had a heart for the nations. They've always been involved in missions. Um, and my mom and dad are actually the mission directors at Faith Fellowship Church in Newdale. Um, and then my dad started a ministry called the James Project. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but basically they give medical supplies at home and abroad um, with the purpose of spreading the gospel. And so um, I just have to say that, you know, growing up and seeing that all those years, I think that that was really something that paved away in my heart. Um, I, I especially see um, seeds from that uh, in the ministry with TFI. And so I'm really thankful to my parents um, for kind of showing me the way. Um, but I'm going to let my dad come up and introduce Pastor Asari. And I don't want to I don't want to steal my dad's thunder, but I just want to say that we've gotten to know Pastor Asari through my parents. And um, he's just an amazing man of God. He's one of those people, I say, that they ooze the love of Jesus. It just pours out of him. And so we count him as family. He's amazing, and you guys are really in for a treat. So. Amen. Good morning. Well, half of what I was going to say, my daughter already said, so I'll get you all out early to the steakhouse, you know. I mean, it won't take, it won't take long now. Um, before I introduce the pastor, I just want to say I am truly blessed. Y'all just, I don't know whether you have any idea how well I am blessed. When I look at this family, and uh, uh, I could, you know, go on and on all morning, but... Uh, I'm blessed, guys, with a son-in-law who's a man of God and a precious daughter and two grandchildren and my sweet wife of 47 and a half years. It's a testimony to the endurance of the Lord and patience and uh, her, one of her favorite friends, Pat, Sister Pat Young. And uh, last but not least, I want to introduce you to Pastor Bernard Asari from West Africa. And uh, Pastor Asari's Assembly of God pastor. Um, he is over in his region, 37 other Assembly of God churches. He's a busy guy. And uh, you might be asking, how does the James Project enter into all this mix? Uh, make a very long story short, which I probably can't, but I'll try. About three years ago, he contacted me, and he said his clinic down in uh, Accra, which is the capital of Ghana, needs an ambulance. Well, that's what we be do, is ambulances. His ambulance is number 43, which we have sent them all, as you all know, all over the world. Many of these countries I recognize that, uh, that we have blessed with an ambulance. Well, with the economy and all, it's taken a while because folks are keeping their ambulances longer um, because, you know, they're putting off, they're putting more miles on their ambulances. It's, you know, 70, 80, $90,000, depending on the type of ambulance you buy. That's a lot of money, especially for private ambulance services. So another long story short, uh, Buncombe County Rescue Squad in Asheville had one. They were retired, and uh, that was donated to our ministry. In turn, we donated it to his ministry. So it needed a few things, uh, needed some detailing, uh, uh, needed some mechanical work, but um, it is an 03 uh, F350 Ford 7.3-liter turbo diesel, which means nothing to you women. But you guys, you know, it's, it's, it's a wonderful diesel engine. It'll go for 500,000 miles. Uh, they gave it to us with six brand-new 10-ply tires, which is, you know, quite expensive. And uh, it's ready to go. 
Uh, it's going on a freighter uh, in Savannah, Georgia. About three weeks later, it'll be down there. And uh, I've asked the pastor to share a little bit about his clinic uh, and the country of Ghana. And I know he'll bring you um, uh, some scripture also. So uh, please help me welcome Pastor Bernard Asari. Good morning. I'm highly blessed and privileged to be in this service. I've been praying not to just bring presentation, but the Spirit of God would fill this place and I, I, I feel the presence of God. I mean, I really enjoy the service. Cultural differences. I don't know how you do this. I think you were doing it and you said you don't want to pick people out. Uh, the lady who plays the organ, it's God's gift. Don't feel like you are being pressured to do it because there is no one to do it. But God is going to bring you to a place where you play these instruments and people will just get healed instantly, just like that. So um, don't be intimidated. Take it up as a ministry and pray more. And the rest will be history. Watch it and you see it happen. Okay. Um, the, the lady on, on this mic. God is giving you a gift to handle young girls in choreography ministry that you do that to express the gospel to audience. It's a big ministry God is giving you. Pray about it and see how God will take you. A man's gift will bring him or her to great people and great places. So, uh, Pastor, thank you so much um, for allowing me to share your pulpit today. Help me to thank the Benz family. They've been so good, so, so good. And it takes nothing to bring black and white and merge it together. It takes the blood of Jesus to save me and save them and bring the two of us together. I am faith to a family of 13 on my father's side and the first on my mother's side. The four before me have no education, even though my father was a teacher by profession. And when I was growing up, my grandmother, who is my father's mother, introduced me to Jesus and opening my heart and having faith in Jesus brought me to where I'm standing today. 
to, I tell Jeff all the time, I don't take our relationship for granted. It's not about business. It's about Jesus. It's about him crucified and how we can use our relationship to touch lives. Because of my background, the Lord have laid on my heart to raise children. And so we have a ministry called Kids for the Kingdom. And what we do back at home is to look out for kids from broken families and introduce Jesus to them. It does not matter the family background they are coming from. The game changer is Jesus Christ. And if they will believe and trust and love him, it does not matter the corner where they are. His blood can bring them to the limelight. And make them shine. And make them enjoy. And give them peace. And so this is what we do at home. And the Lord is blessing. We have seen children. From broken families. Serving God with all their hearts. Some are from Muslim backgrounds. And their parents come and say. We give them to you because we see a great change and a good life out of them. So you take them up. And so we are blessed to have Mama Kathy and then my brother Jeff. I told them I've lost all my parents. And so I am adopting them as my parents on the state side. And so Leah is my junior sister. And David is my brother-in-law. We have a clinic that we set up by our church to take care of the needy. Back at home, it's very expensive to get to a clinic or a hospital. We do what we call cash and carry. Um, it's been a while our president introduced uh, health insurance. And even that, paying of the premium becomes a challenge. And so if people are sick, it's difficult to go to the hospital. What they do is self-medications. And sometimes uh, it will degenerate into a bigger health challenges. So we set this clinic to help such ones come in and receive uh, medical attention. We charge a small fee. Even that, sometimes it's difficult for people to pay. But I tell them, give it to them as extension of Christ's love, and then uh, they will see we are not uh, here to make profit, but for their benefits and for their good. And so we needed an ambulance. I said, America, this is me. The whole world, if you give me any country to go, I will not, except two countries. 
that is Israel in America. Finish. You give me billions of dollars to go anywhere I want to go. The reason I would love to come to America is you are blessed. You are so blessed beyond imagination. You cannot imagine how blessed this nation is. And I learned a lot by seeing and by hearing. So I'll better appreciate my salvation. America is powerful because of one thing. And I've been telling Jeff, I am worried about that one thing. In the whole world, in the whole world, the pound as currency is higher across the globe. But when United Nations is in session, guess what? United Kingdom doesn't come out front. It is America. You know why? Because America is leading this. It is not a matter of just good deeds. You send missionaries everywhere. You send aid everywhere. You send professional workers everywhere. And talking to pastor, the power and strength of a church is not in numbers but in vision. And by the vision you throw out, by going outside these four walls, make this church a great church. Watch it. The grace that God is going to pour on this church, you will have no room to contain it. Keep on doing what you are doing. Don't be level-headed and then, you know, oh, yes, yes. No, keep on doing it. And God is going to make you strong and greater through missions. He's going to bring people in that you have never thought of. Your missions outreach will be bigger than you think. And I pray that the Lord will keep you in this church to see what I am saying today. So back to the ambulance. If a wreck happens, you need to survive by the grace of God. Here, the ambulance will come the firefighters will come and the police will come. You will need a good Samaritan to stop and check on you and get you in his car and take you to the hospital. You won't get it. It's not there. 
So you don't even think about it. Sometimes they will put you in the bucket of a pickup truck. Nothing, I mean, they put you in a taxi. And one, body, one person will be at the front and stick out the neck and be doing like this. Give way, give way. They blow the horn until the horn will cease. So nobody knows what is happening at the back there. But with this ambulance, oh God. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. You're so good to God has been so good. We've been praying for this ambulance for three years. In the whole district of about maybe hundred and something thousand people, government have only one ambulance. And I came in, Jeff says, do you have AED? I said, what? He said, AED, what is AED? I'm a pastor, so well, the equipment then if someone's collapses and they put on the chairs and kickstart the heart and say, I need to see it. I don't know it. God has been so good. You've been able to buy one to go back with me home. Help me to say thank you to the Jeff family for this good that they have done. When the ambulance arrives home, we are going to do a DEBA, community DEBA, and invite the government appointee and the member of parliament. And I've already spoken to the, one of the telco uh, companies to give us a special code to put out so that if anybody needs the ambulance, uh, we'll be right there to help them pick them to the clinic or to the nearest hospital. We'll be going uh, to five major hospitals and to come with a memorandum of understanding that we have these services. So if anybody is seriously ill and you need to refer to your center, you'll be prepared to receive the patients as we bring them. And so you pray with us. The shipping is becoming a challenge. Uh, and I, I really enjoy the service and enjoy whatever the Lord used you to do today. Yesterday, before last week, we were talking about the shipment with the ambulance and then a container with uh, medical equipment, uh, like ultrasound machine. I mean, it has taken three years to locate one. You are blessed. Pastor, the first time I came to the States, they drove me to McDonald's. And then we go to a big black box like that. I said, good morning, ma'am. What? Are we in church? 
then they talk and talk and say, is that all? I said, yes. I said, that will be 10, 15. Said, okay. She drove here and paid the money. We got here and they came to We're eating as we're going. I said, in my mind, I said, in less than five minutes, we just drove around and we have food in our hands. And not just having the food, I mean, you just eat. What a blessing. It's not like that at home. I told you we are 13. And today, I don't know how to take breakfast. No matter how you do. I mean, if I take breakfast, I will be dull the whole day because I'm not used to. It's not even there. It's not there. So Jeff will come up and say, Have you taken breakfast? I said, Mm-mm. So what? I'm not used to. But I am fine. And becoming a pastor, it has helped me. So talking about this uh, shipment thing, 7,000 and this and that, and yesterday, they've got me confused. Like tomorrow is the deadline. So I woke up 12 o'clock and I said, God, you are faithful. Whatever you begins, you will not abandon it. You will bring it to a successful end. Just give me peace. And then the scripture came. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord. And so I prayed from 12 to 4 a.m. And I went to sleep. And then by 5, I woke up. Because my boss man says, nah, I'm picking you up. And I dressed up and I started praying again. Until he showed up. So, pray with me that God will perfect the shipment and then we'll be able to get the equipment and the supplies and the ambulance home. I am becoming one of you because uh, God has given us the grace that every year we'll be coming to the States. That, I said, it's not just by chance. It takes the power of God and the grace of God. And I highly, highly appreciate that. And the youth amongst you, if, if, if you say God, he will definitely honor you. Uh, in our language, I tell my congregation, you see, you can run a business and run at a loss. Right? You can run a business and run at a loss. 
But you can never save God and run at a loss. Whenever you save God, he will definitely honor you. And that honor, you can't quantify. There is no way you, you can quantify the honor of God. Because if I see what God has done in my life, it takes 10 hours to fly from Accra to the States. It takes six hours to drive from Accra to my home village. So you can, you can imagine. I'm coming from a deep, 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 deep village. And to be able to come to the States, hey, it takes the hand of God. And God has not dishonored me, but he has honored my life. I pray that as a family, you will stay together and allow the Lord to flow through you. I say to my congregation, whenever we come together, we have not come for a social meeting or a gathering. We have come to the God who is above all. And he is able to give us a word. We can't come to the presence of God and have feelings. Feelings are temporary. They will fade off with time. But we come to the presence of God with an experience. So that we can experience God. And with that experience, it leaves an indelible mark on our minds. And it goes with that the rest of our lives. I pray that God will give you an experience today. That will go with you the rest of your life. Okay. So I'm ready to share God's word. I love preaching because God has blessed my life. Oh boy. Pastor, our educational system is um, like kindergarten and nursery and then primary and then secondary and then college, university. Okay. My father was a teacher by profession. So I didn't go to nursery. I didn't go to kindergarten. But I went to primary to junior high, and that was my highest. Even though my father was a teacher, I didn't have the privilege of going to school. I didn't have secondary education. No. But I see, I've never seen a man, I, I mean, my father was a teacher who will not even care for the education of his children. But I see a father up. I see a father up who can bring the yesterday of his children that they have mixed into today for their gain. 
when I give my life to Christ, that is it. Now, university students come to me and say, we are doing this. We do understand. Can you explain to us? I'm not a professor. I'm not a lecturer. But I have the Holy Spirit in me. That I read from the scriptures. That even kings, after they have dreamt and have forgotten about the dreams, the Lord is able to teach his people what has happened the previous night and bring them before the king that this is what you dreamt. And that God is the God I serve and represent. So I love preaching because the word of God has made me what I am today. It is powerful. It's profitable. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to 2 Corinthians. Please, if you will. Chapter 13, verse 14. 2 Corinthians 13. This is Paul writing to the church in Corinth and sharing with them and at the conclusion of his letter brought this blessing. We call it the benediction verse. And it reads, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion with the Holy Spirit be with you all. He says, Amen. Okay. Can we share a word of prayer? Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. Anoint these lips of clay and by ascent my my audience understand my presentation. Give us an experience today at your presence and cause us to flow in the things that you will give to us today and bless our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. There are three things in this scripture I have just read. First is the grace that comes from Jesus Christ. And then the love that God demonstrates towards us. And then the last is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to spend much time about God's grace. You and I understand that it has taken the grace of God to bring us to where we are. And your faith must be up in trusting and believing God that he will take you through no matter the shadows, no matter the clouds, no matter the uncertainties. His grace is able to take us through in the midst of that confusion and situation. He will give you that peace that you need. So the grace of God, it's something that believers must cherish 
and must go out for all the time. It's not just once. It's not just temporarily. It's not just weekly. It's not just monthly. But the rest of our lives. We went to Asheville, man of God, and I saw people on the streets. And I said, ah, so in America, do you have street people? Then the Holy Spirit spoke to me. It's a choice. It's a choice. You can choose to be on the street even though you are in America. So you see, grace is a choice. You turn your heart in the hands of God and believe in his grace and he carries you on. May you choose the grace of God. And may the grace of God abound in your life. That whatever you do, you depend on this grace. And the love, the love, the love of God. I don't know, Mr. Jeff, anyway. And look, if you see my color, you see I'm black. I'm very, very black. I went to Missouri, uh, Columbia, for a conference, and I flew from uh, the regional airport to uh, Chicago airport. I was the only black on the plane. I was like, I was looking around and said, mm -mm. <laughs> And I flew from uh, uh, Chicago to uh, Atlanta. I was the only black. And then Atlanta to uh, Is it Greensboro? The only black. And Greensboro to Asheville, the only black. And sometimes I go to the shops, I look around, whether I will see a black. I don't see any black, you know, amongst uh, this area. I said, uh-uh. It takes the love of God. Look, this man, he will put me in his car. He will drive me to all the places that I have to go, to have meetings, to have appointments. I mean, look at me. What will make Mr. Jeff, what will make your pastor, what will make you to receive me? It is the love of Christ. It is that love. I don't pay him. I mean, he, they, they feed me. He's filled the wife's uh, uh, fuel tank, gave me the key. You can drive anywhere. I said, no, I have a Ghanaian heart. I fear. I don't want to drive around, so I'm always indoors. The love of Christ. The love of Christ. As I was sharing with me, what you are doing in Uganda is the love of Christ. I pray that the love of Christ will increase in your mind will increase in your heart. That you will exhibit the love of Christ, especially for those our brothers and sisters who haven't come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. They need that love. We need to extend that love to them. Now, where I want to talk about most, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Church, the keys of the kingdom is not in the hands 
of our presidents. The keys of this world is not in the hands of the Senate or, uh, how do you call them? Uh, ours is members of parliament. You know? The keys is not in their hands. But the keys is in the hand of the church. Maybe you don't believe with me, but I am saying from generations that God created the world, created Israel. He will appoint a king and doesn't leave it there. He gives them prophets who will direct them as to what to do in the will of God. So the kings operate based on the directives of the prophets. And when Jesus came, he didn't do away with the prophet. He fulfilled the scriptures. And when he was leaving, he gave the assurance, the promise that he was going to send the Holy Spirit. Hmm. I love the Holy Spirit. Oh, because I am feeble. I don't have any strength. When it comes to circular knowledge, I'm empty here. But when it comes to authority and power, the Holy Spirit has given it to me here. He's given it to me on my eyes. In my ears. Sometimes we'll be sleeping in the mission house. The church is down there. And I'll hear in my ears, wake up, come, I want to show you something. And I'll wake up and I'll just be following the Lord. I'll say, look at it. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. Fellowship. That is all that we have. Because you see, the world have a lot of mechanisms in place. They are smart. They know how to do things and how to turn things. But all these things does not bring glory and honor or advancement. They are temporary. But that which God do through us is permanent. It stays and it bears good fruit. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. One thing that the Holy Spirit does to the people of God is to anoint them. Gives them the ability to do that which in their own strength could not do. Here was Elijah as a prophet of God that the Lord had used so much in the land of Israel. And God was going to take him away. And in the mind of God, he was not going to leave the scene empty. 
There was the need for a replacement. And so, Elisha came to the scene to learn from Elijah. And you see, God has spoken to Elisha that I'm going to take your master away and you are going to be the person standing in his stead. So you get ready. And the master and the servant were moving and then the master said, can you wait here? He says, as far as the Lord liveth, I am not going to leave you. And you can see this account in 2 Kings chapter 15. They came to Jordan. They came to Bethel. They came to Jericho. All these three stations. His master says, wait for me here. I'm going to come. He says, no, I'm going to go with you. And at the last point, he realized that the servant was prepared and ready to take over from him. And then he said, now ask me what you want me to do for you. You see, in the days of Solomon, God asked him, what did you do for him? And Solomon said, I need wisdom. And Elisha's time, he said, I need a double portion of your spirit. Today, I don't know what you are asking the Lord for. Should the Lord put the cards before you? What do you think I should do for you? I was telling uh, the guy who came to ask me, which microphone will I use? He says, which one do you want? I said, I'm joking. In Africa, you don't ask an African, which one do you like? <laughs> I like everything. <laughs> My prayer for you today is that you will not settle anything that is less than the Holy Spirit. He's taught me so much. Brother Jeff says, you believe everything. Uh -uh. If I don't believe God, who else will I believe? And the God that I believe is not a disappointing God. He does not need to feel his bum before he dashes out. It is already there. It is up for me to believe and ask. I will have it. So Elijah said, I need a double portion of your spirit. Then 50 sons of the prophet came and said, hey, your master is going to be taken away from you. So come and let us stand here. Be part of us now before you become alone. And then he says, hold your peace. I already know. The truth of the matter is that it will not take a prophet to tell you what God wants you to do. God will always tell you first. And the prophet comes to confirm it. Period. 
God will always open your eyes, open your ears to that which he wants done in your life and through your life. And the prophet, no matter where he's coming from, shows up and confirms what the Lord has told him. He does it so that you will know it is he, the Lord, speaking to you. So Elijah said, hold your peace. They went on. And then the master said, you have had a, has a hard thing. But if you see me go, then you have it. Then the Lord took him away. And the only thing that fell from the master was his overgarment. If we will only settle for the presence of God, be it at your workplace, be it in your car, be it at home, the overflow into our lives will be greater than we expected. Let us spend time at the presence of God. Let's spend time. Here, the tendency, you see, back at home, the need and the wants are great. I mean, you can't bridge the gap. But here, the time is very, very precious. And so it's go, 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 go. Everything is fast, 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 fast. Your internet is fast. Your fast food is fast. You go to the shop, it's fast. It's not just one line. Walmart is my favorite. You can take me to Walmart and turn me loose the whole day, I'll be fine. <laughs> you have the queues like that from here to there. And, and then you have self-serve, right? You go there, you key in, and then you put your card, you are gone. Fast, fast. So if you are not careful at the edge of the bridge, you'll be so occupied the whole life without spending that quality life at the presence of God. And that is where nations are born. Great organizations are sustained. Wonderful families are brought together. does not matter the words you say. Be it the lengthy of it, the nice words, vocabulary you use, it does not matter. But what matters most is allowing the presence of God to just overflow in your life. And when you are full at his presence and you come out there and you are speaking, you speak life into the lives of people. You don't speak emptiness. You don't argue. You don't challenge. You don't contribute to things that doesn't bring life. And so the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is what we have to aid us do the things that God wants us to do. And we see that in Elijah. He got hold of the overhead government, came to Jordan. They had crossed and the river had come together again. And says, ah, if this be the God that my master have introduced me to, then prove yourself today. And the waters 
God will not do less with you. But he will do more than he did even with Christ. Because the situation at our time is in, so intense in gravity, in size, and in their days. So our anointing is greater than that time. And I pray that you will swim in this anointing. You will swim. You will love to swim in this anointing of the Lord. The second person that I want to talk about is Peter. The background of Peter is a fisherman. And fisher folks, they allow the wind to amplify their voice. Because they have worked on the sea for a long time, they don't talk undertone. They shout. So that is the kind of life Peter lives. And by the seashore, I mean, they don't care about dressing. Let me put it, they don't have that manners that you talk about. Then, Peter had an encounter with God, an experience with Christ. And then Christ says, now come, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. And Peter was like, I've been fishing fish all the, this, my lifetime. And then he said, I want to fish. Fish? Where? You just come. And Peter followed Christ. And walked with Christ. And then, at the Last Supper, Jesus told them, what was going to happen to him. And Peter said, ah, Jesus, mm -mm, mm -mm. what? Not me. If anybody would deny you me, I will go to the last mile with you. Whatever they will do to you, I will go there. Jesus looked at Peter and said, Peter, I tell you, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Sometimes, you see, Back at home, we said, it is easier said than done. Oh, pastor, oh, we'll be there. Pastor, don't worry. Pastor, you see, oh, pastor, oh. Uh. But when the time comes, because you are human, you slap back. Scripture says, we ought to be giving reasonable service. Romans, right? But what we turn out to do is reasonable excuses. Instead of giving reasonable service, we will turn out to give reasonable excuses. They are reasonable. They are fine. But it doesn't make a service. So, Jesus left. And Peter was like, what has become of my vocation? What am I going to do now? And Jesus says, you wait in the upper room. Something will happen. Then they gathered, and the day of Pentecost took place. And from that day, Peter became a different man. A different man. The Bible says, he and John were going to the temple to pray at the hour of prayer. And then 
was this lame man carried there all the time. That was not his first day of showing up. Then Peter said, look on us. And scripture says, the man was expecting to receive money from them. Peter, being full of the Holy Spirit, said, silver and gold have we none. But such as we have, we present to you today. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And Bible says, immediately, the ankles of this lame man received strength, stood up, and limping and jumping, he followed them the first time to the temple. Jeff was asking me, was it yesterday or three days ago? What did they do with bypass? I said, bypass are created to ease traffic on the main road. He said, that is not a bypass I'm talking about. Surgery bypass. What is surgery bypass? Africa, we don't know bypass. <laughs> it's not there. The bypass we know is that, like this road. Is busy during rush hours, then they will create a bypass. Then, and then when that place is busy, then you can go through the bypass. So that that is the bypass we know, but not surgery. They will go past your back or your way. No, bypass is not there. What the world needs today. Is not medical professionals that can tell us about lab results and what they say. They bring fear, they bring disappointment to the heart of men and women, and it kills them quick. Science have failed us. But God has put his spirit in his people. That when cancer appears, the one with the gift of healings will show up. And in the name of Jesus, cancer will disappear. Huh. The first day I appeared in Jeff's church, we were sitting on this side. I was sitting like the fourth, and there was a lady here. Then the Lord says, tell her, she is so down and feels that she's finished. She depends on people, and that is the life she's going to lead all of the rest of her life. But I, God, I'm going to do a new thing in her life. Tell her. So, when the service was over, I tapped her, and then I said, then a lady just rushed. Then I stopped. 
So I went home and I prayed about it. How do I relate this information to this lady? So I told Jeff. I said, ah. Hey. And I don't talk about Jeff with Jeff concerning anything. Business. Yes. So I told Pastor David that God has spoken to me about this lady. She said, did you know she's battling with cancer? I said, no. Nobody has spoken to me about her. But the Lord says this is what she's going through and this is what he is going to do. And so he said, okay, Sunday, I will let you talk to her. And we have booked appointment everywhere. But you know what God did? That Sunday, we couldn't go to where we have to go. So we have to come back to that church. And when service was over, I said, Pastor David, can I talk to the lady? He said, yes. I said, okay. Meet me at the altar. And I said, Dave, this is what the Lord is saying to this woman. And that lady who was, came by and said, well, you are not the one telling her. I've been telling her all this while. I said, okay. I don't know if you've been telling her, but this is what the Lord is saying to her. It's not me, it's the Lord. Then she said, okay, thank you very much. She cries more. And then the Monday, she went to the hospital to take her results. And the doctor says, God is doing something wonderful in your life. Church, God has given all the provision we need as a people to match our needs. What is left for us is to be open to the spirit of God. The reason it becomes too hard for us is we don't want to pay the price. We don't want to pay the price. Because, you see, you cannot go to university to study engineering in one year. And they will give you a certificate as a professor in engineering. No. You go three, four years. You study and study and study and study. But when we come to the dealings with the spirit of God, we want a shortcut. It doesn't happen that way. You need to pay the price. You need to fast. Empty your stomach. Come, you, your, your place is beautiful. Look at your carpet. You lay down here. Shut the door. Cry unto God. Alone with him. And when you come to public, you see how the Lord will use you to bless his people. May you desire more of the spirit. And may you lay your lives at the feet of the cross that Christ through you can touch lives to his glory. The Lord bless you. If Jesus doesn't come next year, I'll be here. Thank you so much. Will you guys please stand? Please lift up your hands, if you will. Lord, we are here at your presence. We've lifted up our hands as a surrender to you. You owe our lives. We don't owe our lives to ourselves. This week, 
do a work in the lives of your people. May they be willing to pay the price that the Holy Spirit through them will cause men to say, if not for this, my boss man, if not for this, my friend, I will not be what I am today. Cause us and anoint our hands to affect lives to your glory. May our week be good. And may we hear good news that will make our spirit jump up and worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you guys. You are dismissed. God bless you.